Hello, ladies, and welcome to our second week studying what it means for us to be image bearers in the Bible, looking at Genesis and continuing on our study. And so this week, we're going to be looking at our purpose as women bearing God's image. We're acknowledging that being an image bearer of God gives us value and worth, but now we're going to continue on by asking ourselves this question. What exactly does it mean for us to be women who bear the image of God? Value and worth, glory and honor, these are the things we talked about last week, and they're byproducts of that image of God in us, but they are not the defined image that we have. So today, we're going to define that image. And by defining what it means to be an image bearer, we're going to discover the deep purpose that God gave us when he created us at the very beginning, back in Genesis. So last Wednesday, we went back to Genesis 1, the beginning of our image-bearing story, and we discovered that wondrous act of creation that God put in place when he made humanity. And in this act of creation, God enacted something entirely special, completely unique, a part of creation that images himself, humanity. Male and female, you and I, the image bearers of God, And we discovered in Psalm 8 that even though we sometimes feel insignificant, God has crowned us with glory and honor. The fact that as women we bear the image of God means that our value and worth is found in the glory of God and honor of our Creator that is woven into the very fabric of our being. There is nothing Nothing, dear woman of God, that you could ever do to add to that worth. And with all of that in mind, we are going back to Genesis 1 again today. In our first study on being God's image bearers, we looked only at Genesis 1, verses 26 through 27. But to fully understand what it means to be an image bearer of God, we must expand our view and look at the continuing verses in chapter 1 of Genesis. After God declares the creation of humanity to be in his image, God blesses that first man and woman. And to this blessed creation, God pronounces in Genesis 1.28, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, whether or not you're reading this for the first time or the hundredth time, you've got to admit the language is a little weird. Be fruitful, subdue, dominion. These are not terms or ideas that we make a part of our modern everyday approach to the world. That does not make them unimportant, though. It does not mean that we get to skip over these ideas in Scripture. For us to truly understand what it means to be image bearers of God, we must study this pronouncement that God gives the very first image bearers, Adam and Eve. 
We need to ask ourselves what being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth, subduing it, and having dominion really means. And to do that, we're going to dig a little deeper into the heart behind all of this language in Genesis 1.28. Throughout Judeo-Christian history, this verse in Genesis 1 has been studied over and over and over again, and for a good reason. It holds deep significance for understanding our origins, our purpose here on earth, and our design as God's created image bearers. From this verse, many have drawn conclusions about bearing children and continuing on generations of humanity. Many others have drawn conclusions about dieting and what we eat. But for our purposes today, I'm not going to make any claims about these issues. I want us to look instead at what ties together all of these commands that God gives Adam and Eve here. What is the intent of being fruitful of having dominion? I believe the answer to that question is the same as the answer to the question before us today. What does it mean for us women to bear the image of God? And that answer lies in the language of the following verse. Genesis 1.28 begins by God telling the first man and woman, Behold, I have given you. And then Genesis 1.30 ends, Everything that has the breath of life, I have given. It's beautiful, isn't it, that God gives God's act of giving is the heart behind these commands in Genesis 1.28. It is also the heart behind our purpose as God's image bearers. At this point in the creation narrative of Genesis 1, we are in the sixth day. Each of these first days of creation end with an insight into the heart of God. God creates and fills the earth, and then... As he gazes over his creation, God sees it all and declares it all as good. And all of this, all of this good creation, God gives to his image bearers. All God has carefully crafted, designed, placed, and ordered is now put under the care of the first man and woman. Imagine this, really, Let your mind comprehend the significance of this moment. The God of the universe, to whom all power, all knowledge, all glory, and all life belongs, freely creates all that fills the world as we know it. From the blue sky blanketing the earth, to the soft soil teeming with nutrients, to the animals that roam and the animals that fly, The world God has created is filled with beauty, wonder, and life. Then, God created His image bearers as a part of this world, and to them, God gives. God gives the first man and woman the responsibility of overseeing and caring for God's perfect, created order. In this act of giving, From God to his image bearers, we discover what it means to bear that image. 
Just as God took intentional time and careful concern to order all of creation, His image bearers are to do the same. And this directive from God, this command in Genesis 1.28, to care for all of these good things He has given us, is how we, as women, image God. Eve was the first female to bear the image of God. And we can learn quite a bit from her story, which we will unpack more next week. But the purpose given to her by God in the Garden of Eden is the very same purpose that you have today, dear sister. Eve was created to live in the image of God. This means she was to look outward towards all of the goodness around her, all of those good things that God had just created. And then she was to steward it well. This very same purpose is picked up again throughout the law of Moses and then by Jesus in the Gospels when he summarizes the law in Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so, if you want to know what it means to bear the image of God as a woman of God in today's world, just look around at your life. Just as it was when God created back in Genesis 1 at the very beginning, God has not haphazardly placed the people, situations, or items around you to be misused or misunderstood. God has very purposefully crafted your life, created your world, and created you to image Him and how you choose to live in it. So look outward. Care for your world. Care for your people. Display to the watching world that our God is a God who desires intentional, careful, deep, loving relationship with His creation. But this looking outward, this looking around at all of the good things that God has given us and stewarding them well, requires that we first look up. Just as Jesus said in Matthew that we must love God first. So look up to the God that created you. Be in relationship with Him first, and when that relationship is right, you will be able to look outward, look around you, and live out your image-bearing purpose, which ultimately is to love rightly. Love God first and then the world around you, the people around you, the creation around you. As you come to the end of the study we've been on today, looking at what it means to be a woman who bears God's image in this world, you might be feeling a little overwhelmed. You might be thinking, wow, this is a tall order. This purpose of mine to love rightly by looking upward at God first and then outward at the creation around me, 
is something that I don't know if I can handle. And you would be right. It is a tall order. You can't handle it. Not on your own, that is. And that is why God sent Jesus to earth to make right a disordered creation, a disordered set of loves. There is a reason Jesus says we are to love others as ourselves. It's because we already love ourselves above anything else. And I know you're probably arguing with me right now, but it's true. We'll study this a little bit more next week if you don't believe me. The point for today is this. Jesus has redeemed our disordered love, this disordered world, and someday Jesus will completely redeem our disordered creation. For now, though, as we live in this in-between time, Jesus reminds us of our true purpose as God's image bearers and gives us the opportunity to live into that purpose. And this is what your purpose is, woman of God. See the good around you. See the goodness that only God could create in your life, in this world, and trust Him as you seek to live caring for all that God has entrusted you with. Love God and love others as you go. And in all of this, you image God.